0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the station, bringing you every Broncos game. Touchdown, Denver. This is Broncos country tonight presented by bet. Fred sports. Never miss a bet with bet. Fred sports on KOA.
0: Broncos country tonight, Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright, 303-713-8585 is our phone number. 56690 is our and Central text line. Stream the station on the iHeartRadio app. Download it for free. Click on the microphone in the upper corner leave us a message. Tomorrow, a little bit of an interesting deal. We will interview Steve Atwater. Uh, that will be available in the afternoon at broncoscountrytonight.com, wherever you get your podcasts, including the iHeartRadio app. Uh, And then we're also going to be live at 6 o'clock, walking up to Rockies. So it's a little bit of a a different kind of deal, but we are still posting because Rockies are on tomorrow night. We are still posting a podcast in the middle of the day, but we're also going to be on live. So a little bit of a weird split, but uh, it's going to be like that uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday night this week. So just a little bit of programming note, full live show coming up on Thursday night for you. Avalanche are trailing Edmonton 3-1 as we begin the third period here. The Avalanche are looking to close out the Oilers and advance to the Stanley Cup final, but they're going to need at least three goals in order to do that. Yeah, it's uh, going to be a tough one for the Aves to come
2: back. But they dump one in right there, just as we say it. Going to be a tough one to come back, and now they're up. Uh, they're down three two. So Taves, yeah,
0: redeeming himself after uh,
2: oof, that other goal that was ugly too. Oh, um, so bad three two. So they have still in it. Not uh, not impossible, just improbable at this point.
0: I'm a little worried and about they, our uh, our under bet. Yeah, um, the plus one and a half feels pretty good. Yeah, it feels solid. We'll see. That was just a misplayed by the goalie there yeah. too. It looks like. Yeah, definitely, definitely looked like that. Okay, and that was a shorty too. That was shorthanded. Mm-hmm. Good for yeah, the that was Misplayed. Look at this.
2: You watching the replay here? Yeah, that's just misplayed.
0: Okay, we're going to hear from Nikos Miter with The Athletic coming up at 8.40 tonight. Looking forward to chatting with him about today's practice as well as the NBA Finals. But right now, let's get to it. Our NFL six-pack.
1: It's time for the NFL six-pack. I'm going to drink a lot of beer tonight. Insight and inside information you can't find anywhere else. Now, the top six NFL headlines. One.
0: Okay, so we discussed this a little bit earlier, but I want to come back around to... What's happening to Deshaun Watson as a 24th lawsuit has come forward and 24 lawsuits. It, it's unbelievable. The NFL, of course, has declined comment and at least right now they're maintaining they are not going to put him on any kind of exempt list. Is that just because they're still figuring out what suspension? Might yes. be coming. That, they,
2: they figure out the budget. The example—that's that, all window dressing. Who cares? That's just not going to happen. They're, they'll have a decision by then. The main thing was getting past the criminal portion of it because they did not want to interview Watson to where he would take the fifth on any of their questions pending. Uh, so now he doesn't have any reason not to be forthcoming with their investigators because there's no criminal portion of it in a way he could incriminate himself. So that was the main thing um, with the civil suits. I mean, like I said, it dep- you, you can read through those things and I'll you know, i defer to the various different attorneys that listen to the show and, and have said different things. My personal opinion on, on it is there are five or six of those that really jump out as being credible. There are four or five of them that jump out as being, I don't know about these, and then the, the ones in the middle are anybody's guess, you know, as far as that kind of stuff goes. So,
0: Do you think Rusty Harden is doing a good job of representing Deshaun Watson in this process by going on these radio interviews and trying to sway public sentiment? Because to be honest, it seems like the more he talks the worst public sentiment ends up being
2: well rusty harden doesn't have the world's greatest track record to win. i mean he, he lost uh, i think it was the clemens suit uh, he was roger clemens's uh uh you know attorney he he's had several of these that he's lost he's won a few but he you know he's lost quite a few as well so i you know i i don't know uh, i would say that i think it's i think it's horrible that he's out there speaking i haven't seen anything that he's he said that really just jumps out at you just being like that's gonna sway somebody uh, but that said can you give Tony Busby uh who is the, the PT Barnum of, of lawyers that, that you know can you give him the, the all the airspace it's a good point uh and, and you're you're eventually if these things go to you know a jury uh, and all they've ever heard from is Tony Busby unless you get into the court that might you know that's so, a fair point so I, I get what he's trying to do I just don't think he's very good at it I think Tony Busby's better at this and I think that that Rusty Arden's playing the Tony Busby game
0: all right next story two Aaron Donald gets paid. My goodness, the highest paid non-quarterback in league history. He'll get $95 million over the next three years. He's literally getting a $40 million raise. Yeah, there's no new years in this. This is all nope. new money. And it's completely worth it. Probably. He's that kind of player. Probably. Normally, when we talk about non-quarterbacks making that kind of money, there's usually the I mean, how much does he impact the game right. and change outcome of a win or loss? But Aaron Donald's that dude. he he's Donald still playing took over in the
2: fourth quarter of that Super Bowl and, and did. And he threatened to retire if they didn't pay him. And they, they, you know, they upped his pay. They said, you know what? All right, we'll risk it. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he's able to replicate that level of play going forward. It's very tough for interior defensive lineman to continue to produce at high levels like that. Uh, that said, Aaron Donald has defied the odds every step of the way. Uh, as far as that yes. goes, and he is by far uh, the most impactful defensive player in, in the NFL. So, uh, at a position where it's hard to get that kind of impact, so um, you know, more power to him. Glad he got paid. I hope uh, for the Rams' sake, I hope he's able to keep up that level of productivity because they have really started to put themselves in a bind financially going forward, especially after dumping all the draft picks.
0: That's where I wanted to go with my next point here. What does this do? Because the LA Rams have—you look—they do this deal. Like I don't think you let Aaron Donald walk, understand. But the way they've designed this thing is they with the belief them picks mentality mm-hmm. is you don't really have a lot of depth on the underlying part of this. You are all the way up against the cap. You're bringing back and signing back a lot of players. And then bring back Von Miller. So understand they right. maybe they view this as hey, we didn't get to keep Von Miller. So here's this money that we have earmarked for that position. We're going to go interior defensive line instead of an out- edge rusher. But to that point, boy, the Rams this feels like a bit of a house of cards at some level
2: yeah at some point the, the, there's a rug pull here um they've been extremely lucky with not getting players injured and things like that yes. um there, there's going to come a point where you got to pay the pipers is going to
0: come up eventually too right, right. and
2: like, like, done a great job of being able to pay guys and in his uh and tony p who's the is the main guy there with the contracts um you know with the, with the rams They've done a really good job of finding ways, creative ways to, to funnel the money, you know, and, and circumvent the cap. But eventually, the, the, the bill comes due. Just ask the Saints. Eventually, the bill comes due, and you got to figure something
0: out. All right, next story. Three. The Browns are going to hold mandatory minicamp at three different places. They're taking short road trips next week, practicing at three different places. The team headquarters in Berea next Tuesday before going to Canton, Ohio and finally to their home stadium Thursday. I love this idea. Yeah, I mean it, it gets them closer to new massage therapists every
2: time and that's, I'm sorry, it's terrible. That's terrible. Um, like, you know, it's just, you know I, I I do like the idea of doing the, the camp tour though, getting the whole state yeah, involved all that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, it's a Browns organization with Deshaun
0: Watson, so you well, know what are you going to do? But, I know, but I like I, I was trying to think about this in context of what would the Broncos like, well, because remember they used to Practicing Greeley, right? Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say that you should go all the way up to Greeley. But the Broncos facility now is is great. I don't see. Any I mean, reason it is a top tier
2: facility. But I, you know, if you wanted to go do a getaway, take everybody out to Grand Junction That's for a I'm week saying. and kind of kind of wouldn't give that a, be kind of cool? Give, like give the people out there a chance to kind of watch the Broncos for a week and all that, yeah, and some team bonding
0: you'd opportunity. Have, uh,
2: you'd have media people grousing about it, you know? I'm oh drive gosh, out to
0: Grand Junction, you know
2: week. it, you know that kind of stuff. But um, yeah,
0: I think it'd be kind of fun though. I think it'd be there'd be a creative way. You're right to to kind of. Get the guys on the road, get some team camaraderie. We're work, working in different settings, different situations. I've never even heard of this for mandatory really minicamp.
2: Um, I've heard of it for some, you know. Uh, obviously, the Cowboys just stay in Oxnard, but there have been other people that have kind of had the rotating, the roving camp thing before. That's that's happened. So, uh, and Edmonton just hit another one, so it's now four two. I think this one's over.
0: Oh man, Frankie might get pulled here.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. Maybe
0: to. at Albright NHL was We're right. It should have been
2: Kemper was on to something. Now there's a little <laughs> chippiness, chippiness going on <laughs> on the ice there.
0: Chippiness. All right, next story. Four. She's <laughs> so ridiculous. Look at you like peacocking in here as though you were called something. You know You don't. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, listen, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole with you right now. No, I'm, I'm, about, I'm not drinking this Gatorade with my pinky up necessarily. <laughs> Alexander Madison says the Vikings want to have the best running back group in the NFL. And you know what? He might have a point between him and Dalvin Cook. They might be in that conversation for best tandem. The Broncos, though, they feel as though they're going to be able to put themselves in a situation this year. They might be in the conversation for best tandem over Nick
2: Chubb and Kareem Hunt over Javante and Melvin. I might take over Saquon and whoever's backing him up because he's hurt. <laughs> Do you really want to put Saquon I in I just try to be funny. Okay. It. Um, I mean, crap, I think Miami's running back core might be better than those two at this point. No. Every team team out there I'm up I'm side-eyeing you right now. Every team out there wants to have the best running back group in the NFL. That's that's, that's, a, that's a Pablum quote. Anybody, we all want to have the best receiver, the best quarterback, the best running well, that, back. But, but, uh. but
0: it's not so much about the quote. It's about do we agree with it and who would we put in front of it is really what I wanted to I go mean, to. I mean, there's probably
2: a dozen running back groups I put. I don't think I don't think, I as think the highly, Browns are probably in think, that conversation. I think fantasy
0: football players like
2: Alexander Madison, and I think regular play, regular football people are like, yeah, put Dalvin Cook back in there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'll I'll be one of the first to say as a fantasy football guy, Alexander Alexander Madison is one of the best handcuffed running backs in the league. You draft that guy because Dalvin Cook doesn't play the whole year, right? I'm not sure Zeke and Tony Pollard aren't better. Ooh, that's a good one right there. That's a really good one. I'd have to, but I think I don't think Zeke is the same guy anymore. I I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't think he's the same guy anymore. But I'm just saying, would you rather have Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, or Melvin Gordon? And no, Javante, I think I would too. His cook's unreliable, and Madison's kind of just a guy.
2: He's so good in fantasy, though. Mm. I knew why, I knew why you snuck this one in here.
0: <laughs> nothing, <laughs> it had nothing to do with football. <laughs> Nerds. Right. Next story. Five. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be excused from 49ers mandatory minicamp. Mm. This it's saga. Excuse, you you could have cut it off right after
2: 49ers. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo is about to be excused from the 49ers. What is happening here? They don't want to put any. They don't. They're not trying to put anything in there. It's Trey Lance's show. It's going to be Trey Lance's show. They're trying to deal Jimmy Garoppolo. There's just no market. Where are you going to trade him at this point?
0: Are they going to? Are they going to eat that contract?
2: Probably. Where are you going to trade him?
0: Yeah, there is. There
2: is I mean, no outside market. of like outside of like Houston, Carolina, and Seattle. There's no market, and I'm not sure any of those three are necessarily trade. Are you trading him in division to Seattle when the, when you got the opportunity to face Gino and Drew? I'm not trading Jimmy Garoppolo up there. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not giving Pete Carroll Jimmy Garoppolo at that point.
0: He was one of the top. I mean, it was one of those like names that if you settled, like your team settled to acquire Jimmy Garoppolo, you're like, ah, I guess, you know, he wins. We'll talk ourselves into his leadership, but no, nobody was going to be excited about acquiring Jimmy Garoppolo. Nobody is excited about acquiring Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why Jimmy Garoppolo hadn't been acquired. You know, I think about sometimes with Jimmy Garoppolo is I, uh, one year of Madden, when I this was years ago when the Broncos had Trevor Simeon mm-hmm. and yeah, traded for Jimmy and Garof- I traded for Jimmy Garofalo. Go to Super Bowl and we, we, we we went to the playoffs with Jimmy Garofalo <laughs> but in, in reality, my quarterback play, especially my the way I am ultra aggressive and yeah,
2: you're four verts and, and is, single ball out of the field.
0: <laughs> it was just, I completed more of those passes with Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. than with Trevor Simeon. I benched like Trevor Simeon at one point because he threw four interceptions. I threw four interceptions. Yeah, yeah. but you benched Trevor. (laughs) digital Trevor Simeon when
2: you were responsible for the interceptions. (laughs) I always loved that. Playing the video game or whatever. I can't play. I'm benching this guy. It's you (laughs) who threw him. You threw him. Play him a little digital guy. He's out there doing the best he can to execute your whims.
0: (laughs) All right, next story. Six. Ryan's (laughs) patented spray and pray offense. (laughs) I'm just proud of myself. I got a fantasy football and a Madden reference here in the six pack. All mm-hmm. right. Last one here. You and Mario both have the same Madden offense, by the way. Oh, do we? Yeah. Oh, man. We play each other. It's like Spider-Man meme. We're yeah, each both other. pointing at each other. Uh we got another, We got three Brown stories here. Kevin Stefanski, uh, no comment on whether Baker Mayfield will be at mandatory minicamp.
2: That's the right thing to do at this point. Just continue to no comment until you have to. Like the, Any any comment you make is the wrong one should at this point. Should
0: they allow him not to attend? Should they give him an excused absence from yes, it? I think they should, too. They should.
2: Uh, however, point.
0: I'm not sure you can bring Deshaun in yet because once you do, you're stuck there. I'm not sure you bring him in, so I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do either. The Browns have done the worst... Possible job oh, it's a, of making this seamless. I wish I could say
2: the word that I wanted to say right now, but there's a there's a few words, but there's one specific one. There, there's an a thon happening right now. <laughs> I know you get the reference, and I anybody do. who's ever worked with me gets the reference. Yes. But yeah. I mean, there's a something a thon happening right now.
0: And, and and the thing about it is is I like the leadership overall. I like Andrew Berry. I like Kevin Stefanski. but they have royally screwed this thing up. Yeah, it's it's it's
2: bad. It's
0: it's it's bad, It's just, just bad. And and there's part of me, sort of rooting for it to collapse, and fail on them. Mm-hmm. And that sucks because I agree. I like a lot of the players, but the Browns, they represent a fan base that, that has been desperate for a winner. Mm-hmm. And how tough is it now because you're a fan base that probably doesn't fully back all the moves that your team is making. There are some people that'll buy in no matter
2: what. No, buy buying no, no matter what. And I've seen a shift in the Browns. Well. Maybe it went to
0: Sean. Maybe these are all cash grabs. You know, like it's the same yeah. people
2: that were lambasting him when he was a Texan and now or, you know.
0: Yeah. All right, there you go. That is our NFL six-pack. We'll post that up at broncoscountrytonight.com. The Avalanche are trailing now four to two. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Looks like this series might be shifting back to Colorado next. But it'll be nice for the A's to win time. on the home ice. Yeah, there's still some time. You and I, for our bet with... Uh, Edmonton plus one and a half, under seven under. goals. It is it is teetering right now, mm-hmm. because an empty netter gets us just even. Well, but an empty netter is a no win, no loss. Yeah,
2: we I'll just take the draw. I'll take the push. Yeah, we just don't want to lose. I just don't want the loss. The over. <laughs> <laughs> Did Grant pick the over? That it's gonna happen. Like no, Grant, Grant's but, like a. But Dave and Grant's Aldi. like an ATM See, but, when it comes to this thing. Oh,
0: I know. Grant crushes at this. But, but what's gonna suck for us is is we're all gonna end up being one and one. On this deal, mm-hmm. like tomorrow, we're all even, right? Because they both took the over and we took the under, but we took Edmonton plus one and a half. They took the ABS minus one and a half. Yeah. Anyways, we lament these things because mostly because Dave talks so much trash, especially to me. Mm-hmm. So I was looking to go up two and zero, oh, but we'll see. Hold, hold hold out a little bit on that. When we come back, our. Good friend Nick Kosmider from The Athletic. That's He's going to join us at 840. We'll get his thoughts on practice today as well as the NBA Finals. Keep you up to date on the uh, Avs and Oilers. That's all coming up next right here at 840. Broncos Country Tonight.
1: From the station bringing you every Broncos game. Touchdown Denver! This is Broncos Country Tonight. Presented by Betfred Sports. Never miss a bet with Betfred Sports on
0: KOA. <laughs> Oh man, Nathan McKinnon That was a thing of beauty. So we go to break, and the of are League four to two. We come back; it's all tied up, For all. First of all, Edmonton did this to themselves. You do the wave, which is is the wave should be banned. Yes.
2: I thought it was already a crime in Canada. I thought they were. I thought they were progressives up there. I thought they had already banned the wave.
0: It's funny because Steve Atwater, who we're going to have on the show tomorrow, is a huge fan of The Wave. Loves The Wave.
2: Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really?
2: Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: I never win and tell.
2: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com.
1: Play for free right
2: now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Steve's dead to me. I just don't know. I don't get it. That water's dead to me. And, and he justifies it. In, in all aspects. So like even when, like, say, baseball, like the Rockies are on, mm. and your closer is up there, and mm. they're doing the wave all the way around, you're like, what are you doing? I don't know. But again— I if, hate, the wave. If, I hate I, I, the wave. I hate everything about the wave. When the too. wave happens, I refuse to participate. You just sit there with your arms crossed. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. So there's a little under six minutes to go, all tied up at four apiece. The over. <laughs> yeah, the over is definitely hit.
2: Yeah. Shout out to my mom right now who's listening. Oh, nice! Hi, Kim.
0: Hello. Yeah. So the over, yeah. We're we're at at best right now. You and, and I, and I are have busted at. on
2: the over. That's fine. But uh, as long as the ABS win, but only by one. Yeah. Or Edmonton wins, we're good. If not, Dave and Big Al are going to have some.
0: Oh man, that's the thing, man. They're going like, to like saunter in tomorrow. I know. See? Somebody's going to pull their pants up to like <laughs> right under their armpits. That's what I can't take. I I don't. It's not even about me winning. I just don't want to lose. Like I get tired of losing. At this point. At this point, yeah, because the win It's so rare. Anyways, I'm excited though. The abs tie it up. Nathan McKinnon with a butte there, as uh, he goes. I to say that was glove side, a strong side. Either way, but uh, it was a great goal there from Nathan MacKinnon. That's a really good goal. Tied it up, and uh, we'll keep you posted on that. We're gonna hear from our good friend. Nick Kosmider from The Athletic here in just a matter of moments. In the meantime, though, 303-713-8585-56690 is our Kway Central text line. A couple texts here we can get to before we hear from Nick Kosmider. Uh, It's way too early, but is there an unlikely player you've seen that could nab a spot for the Broncos? I would that's, say Moody probably is that guy. That was one that we went so into we would this have can, yeah,
2: And the Tani Moody was somebody we pretty much counted out. Now, I'm not sure if that's hyping up Moody to trade Moody, hyping up Moody to trade Reisner, hyping up Moody to trade Glasgow, mm-hmm. which doesn't seem likely. But, um, yeah, that, I, I would say that's the person right now that seems to kind of have that circle. Um, you know, Fulgham uh, was was a guy that's, that's playing really well. I think everybody starting to notice that, that was one as really well. Um, he could I, be flipped for picks. Yeah, he could be flipped for picks. He could be a guy that, that makes... Tyree Cleveland and, and Seth Williams expendable. I don't know with the, with the expanded practice squad. I mean it, it's it, you know there's still some ways to do all this kind of stuff. I would say those are the two guys right now that you probably didn't have making the Broncos 53. That maybe there's probably going to get a longer look uh, in camp. Fulgham for sure.
0: Yeah. I they say at this point. As we go with trends, right? Because it's like trends. That's all we can do in OTAs. We haven't gotten to training camp where real decisions have to be made on the roster. But if we're going with trends, absolutely. Natani Moody's on my 53 right now. Travis Fulgham is on my 53. If we were doing a very early 53-man roster, which, again, right now, wouldn't really do very much. But Who's okay. the odd man out? If Moody's on your roster, who's the odd man out? On the other well, is, like
2: you, you're, you're, you're cutting
0: somebody that you weren't cutting,
2: if yeah. that's the case.
0: That's a tough one. So I would have Moody as a swing and then well, I he ha- can't play tackle. No, it's
2: an uh, interior. Oh, just an interior guy. Interior like dual guard. Guard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cause he can play either guard. Yeah. Sure. He can play either guard.
0: So I'd have him, him. And let's just say, I, mean, I think that means Compton's gone. Say Glasgow. Glasgow well, ends up being an odd man out, but he's
2: the contract restructure. You just going to eat that money. Oh my gosh. the Holy
0: cow. I'm talking about an implosion. From Mike Smith, that was a power play goal.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Oilers are falling apart at the seams. I'm here for it. Abs are up 5-4. Right when we thought the abs were probably going to be out of this thing. There you go. Got the power play goal. And here we go. Miko Rantan. The moose. Love it. All right, we're going to hear from Nick Cosmiter here in just a little bit. But but yeah, okay, let's let's head out to the Kway Center Health hotline right now and bring on a very good friend of the program, Nick Cosmiter from The Athletic. Make sure you check him out on Twitter, at Nick Cosmiter. Nick, great to chat with you. We were just talking about Travis Fulgham, who he did a nice write-up on. And we're saying at this moment right now, if I had to do a 53-man roster, I think he's on it. You agree?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think that, um, you know, you look at that probably like last spot, if we're all to assume that, you know, the top four that we know of, of Sutton, Patrick, uh, Judy, and Hamler, and then, you know, they didn't draft Montrell Washington to not have him on the roster. Um, you know, last year they only kept five at the 53-man deadline, obviously kept a couple other guys around who were on the practice squad, ended up playing Kendall Hinton, Tyree Cleveland, Seth Williams, all those guys. But, uh, yeah, so if you're looking at one spot, um, you know, Fulgham's got a chance the guy has talent. He's six foot two, 215 pounds. And the stretch that he had in 2020, where for four games, five games, he was as productive as any other receiver in the NFL. Um, you know, he's, he's out trying to prove that he's, he's not a flash in the pan. And and certainly I think when you have a new coaching staff and you have a new quarterback, uh, it puts people on a little bit more of an even playing field. And that gives him a chance to where if, if his talent can, you know, his, his sort of like everyday preparation and, um, you know, things like that can match the obvious talent, and I think you've got a good chance to, to land on
2: that 53. Yeah, we were trying to go over other players. We had a question about what guys could surprise, what guys could make this team that we hadn't thought of. And, and you know, the tiny moody's getting a lot of run lately. We, we, we just talked about Fulgham. Yeah. Uh, is there anybody else that's jumping out at you off the top of your head that somebody that you, were, you didn't really think was necessarily on track to make this team, and now all of a sudden you're like, well, the trends are kind of looking up for them?
3: Yeah, you know, I, 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 obviously, I wouldn't put Michael Jamudia in a, in, a, in a sort of um, category of not sure he was going to make the team, but he's a guy that I think, um, you know, I've been impressed with just in terms, you, you see him out there and, and he's obviously got the size. I, I think he's continued to, you know, kind of put on weight since his rookie year and, and to add that to what is kind of a, a long, ideal frame for an outside corner. Um, and from what I've what I've heard talking to some people is that that last game he had in Kansas City or against Kansas City rather in Week 18 uh, in Denver where he had you know 11 tackles broke up a couple passes was his, was his only start of the year after dealing with the hamstring all year uh, that gave him a lot of confidence going into this off season and I think you've seen some of that with with the limited amount of time that we've been able to be out there um, you know obviously it helps him that you know Sertan takes a day off here and there uh, you know uh, Ronald Darby. Uh, not out there. So he's getting a little more run than maybe he'll even get in training camp. But that's a guy that I think, you know, we, we've seen it the last few years. Corners have gone down. You, you're going to have a corner or two go down over the course of the year. And if if he can make a if he can make a leap, I think that's going to be really important for them uh, from a depth situation.
0: From a context perspective, how do you view the practices we've seen so far compared to what we saw with Vic Fangio? I mean, maybe not as far back as Vance Joseph, but even just the previous regime versus this regime, what have you noticed as far as differences in practice?
3: Well, I, I would say that I think that, you know, kind of watching, you know, the, the three practices that we've been out there, and if you, if you, you could add uh, the veteran, mini, a veteran voluntary mini camp, um, you know, from a month or so ago, um, you know, I, I think, I think Nate, uh, Nathaniel Hackett is still kind of trying to figure out, um, you know, his voice out there on the practice field. How he completely wants to, um, you know, to organize things, but, but they're moving quickly. They're moving, you know, they're kind of hopping from, from one series to another. I, I think that's one thing that has stood out to me. Um, you know, he, he said today that they're, they're not necessarily scheming against one another. He and, um, you know, Coach Everett on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but they are, I think they do have a little bit of that gamesmanship that I, that I think you're seeing. Um, you know, you saw it out there today where they're, you know, it's starting to get a lot of pressure from Bradley Chubb and others. And so they're kind of they're switching things up, making a call to kind of counter some of that. And and you end up hitting Russell Wilson deep to Tim Patrick for, you know, a 60, 70, 80 yard gain, whatever it was. Um, so so those are some of the things that, that I've seen. Um, and, and some of that too is, is Russell Wilson. There's just such a um, deliberate way in which he is approaching that work. And you know, I was talking to, to Kendall Hinton today when we when talk about another receiver that could be on that bubble. Um, you know, he, I, I'm sitting here talking to him about Russell Wilson, and, and he's just kind of smiling the whole time. Um, you know, when he's talking about the way that that Russell Wilson is sort of organizing everything. Um, Kendall says, he, "Look, he comes in here in, in the morning, and he's like, he's challenging coaches. He's he's challenging guys in the you know in the meeting room in a way that like they're just not used to around here, particularly this time of year, right? Like, you might get into training camp, you might get into like game week prep." and you have that sort of tone, um, but to have it in, in June and, and end of May um, is something that they haven't really seen, and it's definitely been, I think, an adjustment that, that you're starting to see come around for a lot of these guys.
2: Do you think Kendall Hinton is giving Russell Wilson advice uh, with his Hall of Fame experience, obviously, <laughs> um, you know, t- 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 telling Russ, hey, this is ha- – no, I'm just kidding. I, 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 I mean, but like
3: – Yeah. Go ahead. No, go- Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I walk up to him today and I said, uh, cause, you know, wanting to talk to him about Russell Wilson, I said, you know, Kendall, as a, as a former pro quarterback yourself, you know, you know, he, he just laughs because it, it's just great. I mean, he's just always got a smile. This guy, it will forever be a part of, of his story, right? His football mm-hmm. story, but it's unique for him now too. Like he's a guy that grew up, you know, in Carolina um, you know, he was uh, – he idolized – he told me he idolized Russell Wilson, right, because he, he went to college at NC State. Um, you know, Kendall Hinton was just kind of an up-and-comer at that point, watched every game. Uh, his parents loved Russell Wilson. And so here he is now, um, wide receiver in the NFL. And Russell, as we know, likes to FaceTime everybody, got on the phone with Kendall Hinton um, a couple days after he signed, and he said Kendall Hinton's mom <laughs> was in the kitchen. He was back home in, in Carolina. And uh, she goes, who's that? And he's like – mom, it's Russ. And, uh, and, and her mom, he's like, my mom just starts screaming in the background and he's having to like shush her because, you know, he's talking to his new, new quarterback. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of an, just a, one more cool chapter in his, uh, uh, in his story.
2: Let's play this out though with a hypothetical here. We've, we've we've we love the new coach. We love the new energy. We love the new quarterback. We love the the core competency and everything that he's doing. But let's play this out for a second. Play devil's advocate. We're opening up with the Seahawks, a team that knows Russ is every in and out. They know every weakness. It's a coaching staff with plenty of experience. The staff has none. Uh you've got Drew Locke in there for, for you know added story benefit. It doesn't look like the Seahawks are gonna be making a move for another quarterback uh beyond he and Geno at this point. If Seattle, you know, kind of has the right game plan to shut Russ down, Drew Locke comes in there and you know wins that game. What are we saying about this football team after week one and will there be a massive overreaction to something like that? Good. How
3: long have you covered the NFL? A massive overreaction? I think <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm setting this one up. Exactly yeah. Long. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that I think that is what would occur, um, you know, because look, the, the the fact of the matter is that you know it was something that that kind of Vic Fangio got tripped up by, right? Is that these these early starts that really that really sunk them, and and we know you mentioned core competency. We know that the Broncos overall, particularly offensively, are going to be better on a consistent basis than they've been in a long time, and that in itself is going to help them win more games. But the reality is, is that it is still going to be a tooth and nail fight, particularly in this conference and in this division, even more in particular. And, and so if you lose one of the games that you're looking at the schedule right now and saying, Hey, that's, that's one of the ones that we have to get. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of pr- pr- uh, predictions out here early, way too early. Um, you know, are looking at the Seahawks as certainly being a team in a rebuilding mode, which is mm-hmm. fair given their, their quarterback situation. But that's the one that you look at and say, Hey, We got to win that one. We got to win against the Texans in week two to set up this, you know, this big home game against the 49ers. Um, But again, there are going to be growing pains. And I think that's going to include probably stubbing your toe in a game that you're, you're not supposed to lose. That's Nathaniel Hackett's very first game. It's his first time that he's going to be out there making the play calls, making these, making these decisions in an intense environment. So yeah, the over-action, overreaction will occur. I, I don't think it will mean anything in the grand scale because again, it's, there's just so much that they have to kind of work through. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's right away. And that game is going to be a, okay. Let's see how this. Let's see how this goes. Let's see how Hackett, in particular, um, is ready to counter. Uh, you know, w- when it really starts flying.
0: Last one I have for you. Always appreciate the time, Nick. Uh, I'm not sure how much of the NBA Finals you've watched, but. Boy, you have the great comeback by the Celtics there in the fourth quarter, and then the the Golden State Warriors just absolutely obliterated at the Celtics the next game. You sort of saw that coming. What's your read on this series right now?
3: Oh, I think it's great. I think there's like a great chess match going on between these two teams. And, um, you know, Boston has had this deal where they just play incredibly after losses. When they've sort of, it looks like you kind of figured them out um you know in a game and and even even within that same game right they, they were down by I was just catching the rewatch of game one um when I was standing in line for something the other day and they're down by 15 late in the mm-hmm. third quarter and they come back and not only win that game but win it handedly um they're just a team that that adjusts so well um and, and it's because they have so many defensive pieces that they can just sort of tinker with it and say okay this, this we're not going to throw this you know, seven foot wingspan defender onto this guy. And we're going to throw that seven foot wingspan defender on another guy. They're just so versatile. Um, So I I love it. I love the chess match. Golden state's firepower is such that like, you know, they can just overwhelm you with that. But I I firmly believe this is going to be a seven game series just because of, of, of that chess match of, um, you know, the defensive pieces the Celtics have and just the sheer firepower that the Warriors have. It's, it's been fun so far
0: absolutely nick really appreciate the time so late tonight we really do appreciate look forward to having you on again very soon my friend
3: yeah no sweat there, there wasn't anything else going on so i'm sure people were <laughs> um locked into it so <laughs> thanks guys
0: yeah absolutely thank you nick kosmider from the athletic at nick kosmider on twitter yeah i mean listen we we're keeping nick updated on the Avs game as yeah, he's I mean, doing he's, us a solid yeah exactly it, w- it was nice of him to join us tonight knowing that and I, as we were walking in, you were like, you know, it's going to be tough to get somebody on tonight that isn't probably plugged into well, the Avs game. I was going to say, my,
2: my, my mom and her husband are driving down to, you know, go meet us for you know a nightcap tonight or whatever. And uh, I was like, well, we're on the radio. And she's but the Avs game is on. And I'm like, yeah, your, your son is on the radio. the Avs game is on. Your then. son what do you, is I mean, on I mean, the radio. Me, I'll, choose, I'll switch over during commercials. So.
0: Well, we are headed to overtime. The Edmonton Oilers tied it up. The Avs had a 5-4 lead late, a three and change left. And – Edmonton tied it up, and we are headed to overtime, tied at five apiece. Unbelievable game! If this ends up being the closeout, what a win for the Avs! But also simultaneously, got to give a tip cap to Edmonton. we are fighting back at a game where you could have been
2: demoralized. The they were up three-one at one point, though, yep. you know. And as our, our good friend, a uh, friend of the program, Chris Daughtry,
0: would say, "It's not over. It's not over." I love how somebody texted in the over. Yeah, they just as soon <laughs> as it was a hit. Yep. Uh, a question: How does Mike Boone look? He looks good.
2: Um, I, mm-hmm. I like Mike Boone a lot. Yeah, Mike Boone's season got kind of derailed last year with the plan that they had for him because of the injury and everything else. But they, they had big plans for him last year. And with how violent Javante ran and everything else and his injury, he just kind of got shelved. This would be a new chance for him to kind of reassert himself. And I think uh, I Mike Boone will be in for a larger chunk of the rushes than perhaps people are penciling him in for right now.
0: I'm 100% with you. And... Again, you t- it's tough to know how the running backs really are looking without pads because they're not really <laughs> being tackled. But at least right now, Javante looks good. Mike Boone looks good. All the running backs really look good. Mm-hmm. Even Damari Crockett looks good. Well, Okay, good well, I, I'm... Good yeah. as relative. Yeah, and then, of course, we haven't seen Melvin Gordon yet because he
2: doesn't show yeah. up for these things. Well, he just doesn't do that. He, he doesn't do training. He has his own routine. And it gets him healthy for the season, and he's got, you know, he's a veteran. He's been around forever, so... Yep.
0: So there you go. That's, uh, that's the latest here as we're... Uh, Winding down things here on Broncos country tonight. Again, tomorrow, Steve Atwater is going to join us. Looking forward to chatting with him about everything with practice. He was out there today. But when we come back, 9.05, we're going to get into some of the latest with Nathaniel Hackett. Some of the things as he was describing practice. Also, a stat specifically that Nathaniel Hackett can help Russell Wilson out. We'll get into all that coming up next. Broncos country tonight, Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright on KOA.
1: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo
2: and
0: we lost track of time.
2: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a
1: guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky.